0: I think one is by doing what you're most fearful of, you know, kind of getting out there and doing it. A lot of times, again, we're living in our head, like, we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it. And instead, switching that around and being like, well, what can I do and entertaining the idea of like, have I done this before? Talking yourself up instead of talking yourself down. Maybe having like positive affirmations. I used to have like little post notes of like, I can do great, I can do anything, like having that kind of mentality instead of like, I can't do this. Like that's, if you can't do it, you're not going to do it. I mean, whatever comes out of your mouth is what's going to happen. So I think if you can change your language, you can empower yourself.
1: of the Quaker Matters podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by middle school and upper school counselor, Danielle Literally. Danielle, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing, Jake?
1: I'm doing well, and I'm excited today to talk to you all things mental health, mindfulness, counseling. I want to start with something you said before I hit record, and you said that mental health, it's like you can't see it, but it runs your day. So I wanted to start off our conversation surrounding mental health by asking you, what is social emotional learning and why is it so critical to one's mental health?
0: Social emotional learning is is one of those things right now that is very up and coming. And I think a lot of schools are prescribing to that because it means exactly what you were saying. Like you can't see mental health, it's invisible. So our students they may have any type of issue a host of issues and in essence it's going to drive their entire day so social emotional learning is more about self-awareness and empathy and compassion and then having teachers a buy-in there as well as administrators and counselors and everyone has to kind of be on board to realize that like we're not we are in a very great academic school, but there's so much more in the human, it's like peeling it of an onion. Like there's so many layers of us, you know, and I feel like we don't always look at it that way.
1: What can Wilmington Friends School teachers do in the classroom to help promote social emotional learning amongst their students?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think some of them do a great job of taking that mindful minute because I know we do that well being a Quaker school. but. Even pausing and saying like a time of reflection, maybe journal writing or giving someone like five minutes to prompt them and say like, what is it that you're grateful for? Or have their direction of their mind think more of just about themselves. Because I tend to think a lot of kids, they ruminate about everything that's going wrong and it's all about me and they don't, they kind of forget about the big picture, that there's so many other things out there and teachers can really be impactful and just almost have them have that mindful minute that they're, they they so need.
1: Likewise, what can parents do at home to help promote social, emotional learning with their child?
0: As parents, a lot of times we want to band-aid, you know, band-aid things and problems and say, you know, it's going to be okay or don't worry about that because it's really like you're too young or we kind of want to discount things. And I think it's just important to give them a space and give any child just – airtime like you don't have to fix things like I've really noticed that in here I mean I think the, the willingness and the want to just be heard that's all that anyone really wants they just want that time and then usually they self-process and I realize that in here sometimes I'll be like oh you know I wish I thought about that earlier and you're like just give them the space to talk and empower themselves and I think that's really important as a parent and we forget because we just want to protect our kids so much
1: How critical is it for you here at Friends to have your own space as a counselor for students to actually physically leave the classroom and come and visit you even if it is for only five minutes like you just said?
0: I think it's so critical because you have to get out of the environment you're in. A lot of times you're in it and you just are thinking about know I'm going to do horrible on a test or you just you can't get out of yourself you're kind of stuck so this provides this space provides students a lot of times just that couple minutes to distract them or to talk about it or to give them another sense of themselves to say like oh you know you're right like I'm going to do great like kind of reaffirm themselves instead of have that negative like catastrophizing language that they like to have and kind of go on their way so it's kind of like a stop of like Hopefully, sometimes it's like that reality check they
1: need. What is mindfulness to you? I think over the last couple of years, it has definitely become a buzzword that is thrown around quite a bit. So just from a counselor's perspective, what is mindfulness?
0: That's, uh, yeah, that's something that I think you're right. It gets thrown around. And I started practicing mindfulness about 10 years ago. I really believe in it. And it's really being in the present moment. That's it. There's no magic to it, but it's so difficult to do. So I think we get stuck in the future. We get stuck in the past. But to be here and now and to center yourself, it's all about your breathing. And that's it. Like when I explain it to kids and they're like, oh, I'm like, just wiggle your toes and breathe. You're in the moment. You know, it's just like, wow, like we are so all over the place. Like even with the holidays upon us. I have talked to so many kids and they are just like, oh, it's going to be, we're going to be back here before you know it. But you don't, it doesn't have to be like that. If you're mindful, you can have every day, you know, spend that time in that moment of your family and you can change your life in that way. And there's a lot of health benefits because of mindfulness too.
1: If you practice mindfulness and are present and in the moment each day, I guess what benefits can that have on one's life? Does that make sense?
0: No, totally. So interestingly, you can add time into your life. Like it actually prolongs your life, which is really cool. I think it's like seven minutes or something. There's some statistic out there, some research. It also just allows you to be in control. You know, a lot of times we just kind of are on autopilot. I don't know about you, but there's many times you get in the car and you're like, how did I get here? (laughs) So it takes that away. Like take a moment to just be driving. You know, it takes the anger away. It takes all of those things. Like when you're in a line, you're like, oh my gosh, this person's so slow. Like I try to just breathe and be like, I'm here for a reason. Like, let me just sit here and be here. So I think it does that for you. It takes all of that negativity out and it brings in and it reinforces like, this is just life. We have one, we're going around one time, you know, whatever you believe in, but that's kind of how I see it.
1: On my show notes here, I have psychoeducation question mark so i guess i will pose that to you what is psychoeducation question mark
0: yeah so psychoeducation is just learning about what things are so like when you ask me about what is mindfulness it's about just taking the time to start researching and thinking about your values and what do you want out of your life So a lot of times, I mean, I just talked to kids about it the other day. I said, you know, you can create a vision board and we can self-prophesize what we want out of our lives if we just put intention out there. Like, why are we always thinking about what we're not going to have? Why don't we think about what we are going to have? And then it becomes our state of mind.
1: How has this idea of practicing gratefulness impacted you and your life?
0: Well, I mean, we I practice gratefulness with, I have two little people, and I ask them every day and invite them to say something they're grateful for, at least two things, and I do the same thing in my life because we forget how much we have and how little some people have in life, and I think that idea, we get stuck in our own reality, you know, and how big things are are really sometimes very small. Like, for me, when I drive somewhere and I see someone less fortunate, it kind of, of course that impacts you. So being grateful for what you have kind of turns it around that you don't need more. You know, you could be happy for what you have right now. And I think that in our society, it's always like so commercialized, like even the holidays, like buy this, do this, have a great, you know, it's just, we're all invested in that idea that to have more makes you happy. But really just to be grateful and to be mindful. And for me, like writing is very impactful because there's a power of writing something down. And just letting it settle with yourself and thinking about it and then again, just putting it out there in the universe and being positive about
1: it. I feel like you know, a lot of progress has been made in terms of destigmatizing mental health, but there's still a real stigma around it and negative connotations around it. So I'm curious as to for lack of a better term, how do you get students to buy in? to taking care of themselves and, and, and making their mental health a priority? It's a choice.
0: So I offer what I can and my resources. I think sometimes when they just come in here and they see that I'm just a person that is offering an ear and being empathetic, I think it kind of changes their idea of what a counselor is. Because I think that there's such stigma against, like walking in this office sometimes, there'll be students like, well, you know, I can't go down there because you're the counselor, but I'm like, I think when there's a real need and they realize, like, oh, I feel better, that's when I, like, you start changing the awareness. Like, it's not about me being a counselor or doing any of that. It's about your mental health and being okay.
1: Right. And and as you said right there, it's about them taking that first step. It's about them practicing all of the mindfulness methods, whether it's breathing, whether it's wiggling your toes, being present. You can sort of give them the tools, but it's on them to actually continue to practice that and... And take those next steps
0: yeah and it's like i think once they get it it's like oh and i have kids in here that come in and they just want to do like guided meditations and things like that and it's super cool and i think once this is such a small school that once one student does it then it's like all of a sudden you have four more coming down and talking to you so it's definitely an awareness it's i think it's becoming more popular and more okay because i've been going into classrooms and I, my message is hopefully reaching most of the population.
1: What is the Quaker Cares Committee and what goals do you have as one of the leaders of this committee?
0: So Quaker Cares started, believe it or not, before I came, it was presented to me. and I was like, oh, well, this is awesome and it's a way to connect with, with students. So my clerks are awesome they really want to do whatever it is that we can so we've done like a lot of awareness stuff like as in um we just did thanksgiving turkey and we did the different uh feathers and people wrote for what they're grateful for talking about like goal setting we're going to do something where you actually like write what you want out of life especially like college you know applications and stuff are out there so it's like that whole idea of self-prophecy so, it's more of put it out there and be okay. Like mental health is not something that you can see, but it's okay to talk about it. And that's what Quaker Cares is all about. It's about helping each other and being supportive and being in a place that it's okay not to be okay.
1: How are you able to connect with so many different types of students that come into your office? each and every day.
0: It's interesting because I'm middle school and upper school. So for me, I also do just like an array of different ages too. So I have to wear like different, because you talk to a sixth grader a lot different than you speak to a 12th grader. Um, I just listen to them. Again, I mean, I think there's no magic. I mean, I don't have fairy dust. I think sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you know, send them to Danielle. They can like, but I just really just open my office and my ears and that's it. I mean, there's definitely technique behind it, and I've been doing this for 12 years, and I'm always up for learning new things. But, you know, I'm always going to be practicing and learning new ways to connect with students. But, again, it's about no judgment. Like, when a student comes in here, I'm like, this is a judgment-free zone. And if I don't know it, I'm going to ask them, like, tell me about it. So I ask them a lot of questions because I don't know everything. I mean, I don't try to say that I do. So I think that's helpful, just being that, like, again, like open ear and willing to learn. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to figure it out for
1: you. What then makes you such a good listener, especially in a world where we really like to just talk right past each other?
0: I'm naturally a little bit more on the quiet side sometimes. So for me, I think when I started this profession, you know, at first my husband will say like, is this, you know, like what do you, what do you think? Like, is it the right place for you? Because it is hard. I mean, you have to really like settle in and, t- and listen to people. Um, I think it's about grounding yourself. Like a lot of times, like I'm holding a worry stone right now, which no one can see, but. I just try to center myself and listen to that person and be empathetic and compassionate. So I try to come from a place that I am sitting in your shoes right now. And that's what always works for me. Like kind of turning the tables around and being like, if I had your issue, this is how I feel. And I get emotional sometimes when I talk to them because I can feel it. Like it's more of an energy thing for me, which I just try to really be in that person's shoes, even if they're from whatever age they are. And it helps me out.
1: If you can reflect on your first 18 months here as a counselor, what are you most proud of? I mean,
0: one, I think being the first counselor here ever is pretty astounding. Like I can say that this was my, this was my self prophecy. So I have like a goal list that I write out and I have it in my bathroom. And one of the things was like to work with a, in an independent school with my kids like here. And I have two little ones. That are in lower school and I looked at that every single day and I was like this is my dream job so being here and having this opportunity to create this program is like no dream I could ever like this is it's pretty awesome to have the advocacy I have and the ears I have and just pretty much it's like if i come up with an idea there's a lot of support for it and i can't ask for something better than that like last year we had a wellness day um that was just something i was like let's do it so we had just middle school and upper school and hopefully next year we can add lower school too and it's like just a day everyone can pause and like do yoga and meditation and different things like maybe it's out of your comfort zone but give it a try so um, i think just little things that hopefully will. Down the road, it could be huge, and we could all be like this great wellness school, like you know, on top of the academics. But I'm proud, I'm proud of that. Like, the start of being able to do things that I'm really passionate about.
1: We've talked a lot about mindfulness, and whether that is taking a mindful minute uh, before class, or maybe that looks like taking a moment of silence before a meeting. I guess I'm curious as to how. A longer moment or moments of silent uh, that is Quaker meeting for worship how might that help not only students but adults kind of practice this idea of mindfulness and centering oneself
0: yeah no for sure and I think um, you know meeting for worship when I first came here I thought that was awesome that you know we take this time and we have this kind of intention and they do provide queries which I think helps some students get centered but um, I think it goes along with the idea of having not just once a week, like that time for that 45 minute period, like this would be every day. So building on this idea of wellness and intention, I think if we could do that every day instead of once a week for 45 minutes, that would be pretty impactful.
1: I think you've touched on this question in a variety of your answers, but I don't think I've I've asked it as specifically as this. So What are ways in which students can build self-esteem?
0: Wow. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways. I think one is by doing what you're most fearful of, you know, kind of getting out there and doing it. A lot of times, again, we're living in our head like we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it. And instead, switching that around and being like, well, what can I do and entertaining the idea of like, have I done this before? Talking yourself up instead of talking yourself down maybe having like positive affirmations i used to have like little post notes of like i can do great i can do anything like having that kind of mentality instead of like i can't do this like that's if you can't do it you're not going to do it i mean whatever comes out of your mouth is what's going to happen so i think if you can change your language you can empower yourself so self-confidence is really about like the way you can handle yourself and fake it till you make it you know when they're doing public speaking they're terrified they come in here sometimes and we breathe and we talk about it i'm like you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And I always just ask him that. And they're like, you know, we come up with some awful scenario. But then, like, they come back about 30 minutes later and like, I did it. So good. Use that next time. Next time you're afraid, use that. And I think growing on yourself. I mean, we're all humans. And usually it's like what other people are thinking about. People are going to look at me. And I'm like, do you think that they care in five minutes after you leave the room? Absolutely. Like, We're so, as a society, like, we're always thinking about ourselves. So it's like, who really cares, you know? Like, and I hate to say it that way because I don't mean it that way. But in a way, like, if you do something silly, it goes away. The next thing will supersede that.
1: So you wrote um, a very helpful blog for us that we posted on our website um, to give students tips in terms of approaching midterms and various study strategies. One that really stood out to me was the power of music and how you can really use that. And so while this isn't necessarily a question, I just want you to talk about the power of music and how it can impact one in a positive way.
0: So the power of music. So music is we don't think about it because we think, oh, we're distracting ourselves when we're listening to music. But research shows that like shows that that's not the case when you're listening to um, 60 beats per minute music. So if you ever listen to Mozart or Bach like Bach, or um, if you just Google 60 minutes per minute music, you can really find this like awesome, calming music that synchronizes with your heartbeat. So you're listening to it calmly in the back and it actually helps you study, which, you know, who knew? It takes the anxiety away and it de-stresses you. And the power of music is like just one of our senses. I mean, it's so important to use your senses to de-stress yourself.
1: We will transition here a bit to our Mad Minute segment, rapid fire question and answers. My first question for you is, what is your favorite spot on the Wilmington Friends School campus?
0: Okay, so I will have to say that I cannot disclose it because it's my secret spot. So I'm, I'm not telling you. <laughs>
1: uh, your favorite song? Um,
0: my favorite genre I can give you. I love reggae and I like bossa nova. Um, I have to say that I don't know if you know it. Do you know anything about Bossa Nova? No, so La Mer is my favorite song, it's Beyond the Sea, and I sang it to my kids every single day. But I also love Bob Marley, and um, we listen to it all the time. So favorite song, maybe Three Little Birds?
1: Favorite movie?
0: Uh, I would say Serendipity.
1: What's one thing you do when you are stressed out?
0: I run. I've been running since I've been in high school, and I love running. Running is my thing, it's my jam. And I also meditate i better put that in there so (laughs) i do meditate but i do run running is my thing and i listen to a lot of music while i'm running
1: our final two questions ring the bell segment my first question for you is what do you want your legacy to be or another way to look at this is what do you hope students say about you after they graduate from wilmington friends
0: i hope they can say that i helped them out and i was here you know like i think that's important i think that's all that people students want is like somewhere to go and it was a comfortable spot that they felt like I'm I'm here for them. I think that's really an important thing. So legacy I would say, you know, having this opportunity to pilot this really great program and making it kind of not just my own, but you know, everybody and what they envision. It's really cool.
1: And my last question for you, what is your why?
0: my why are my two little people um i gotta add my family so i add my husband in there too but definitely my two littles <laughs> i uh i mean they're just they're pretty cool and it's fun to watch them grow and um be here with them like that is that was my one of my well, my bucket list of dreams you know when i said i had wrote my goals down i was to kind of go through this journey with them. I can't really ask for a better why.